0: Welcome to the special presentation where we spotlight a podcast from the Love Thy Nerd community. And today our spotlight is on the Nerdy Gritty with Dez and Fox as they take a look at a video game's odd and possibly controversial form of viral marketing. This is life in 2020.
1: Today on the Nerdy Gritty... A new League of Legends character named Seraphine has recently caused a stir with her marketing strategy. One more world disappears
2: in it? Just another hopeless Sadiex The world makes a man insane If the drums don't get you, the are will Hey guys, welcome back to the Nerdy Gritty, where we delve deep into the details of pop culture. I am your local tank, Dez.
1: And I'm your jungler, Fox. What we're talking about today, in part, is the uh, fake-slash-real K-pop band called KDA. Right, that well, has, at least that's
2: part of what we're talking yeah, about. Part yeah, part of it,
1: that's involved. And it got got us thinking, what other game characters, what other game casts? it could be different games, whatever, would... Should should form a band? Right. What would work well? Of and course. I'm going to start us off with what I think is the most obvious. Why has this not happened already? Like, legitimately, kind of shocking that they wouldn't do this. And that is that the main the boys from Final Fantasy 15 have not started oh, a, yes. a, a late 90s pop uh, boy band. That why is, is that not a,
2: a thing? There's the bad boy, the smart the, dapper like, guy. That's the, what I'm saying. Perfect. Is that they
1: legitimately seem to have been designed. To be like those those stereo those like uh, archetypes yes. in a boy band, I don't get it. Why are they? You got the you got the the main one, but he's also like the mysterious, like, yeah, like uh, yeah. And then you got the, the, lead, the you got the beefcake the one, big, Buffy, never bad wears guy. an actual
2: shirt. That's right, yeah. And then there's the the dapper smart guy, right? And right? Then like fun. And there's fun goofy cool guy, guy. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: Like that just makes the most sense in the world, and I don't understand really good why one. there has. I mean, I'm ba- I bet there's like a fan creation or something. Thing, but
2: come on, that's got to be absolutely. Uh, mine was another one. that I, I generally want this to happen. This okay. is a real thing. Okay, have you heard of like Iron and Wine, the band? I love
1: Iron and. They're Wine. They're
2: fantastic. I want uh, Dandelion and Geralt to make oh. a, just a duo group, just some like real chill stuff. Just Dandelion on his lute, and then he and Geralt harmonizing together, sure, just sure. singing
1: like ballads. I think maybe. Like uh, I, I mean, maybe Geralt, but definitely Ciri could do. Siri, I could see, like, joining in. No, okay, no, vocals. I'm changing my mind there already, is the, There is the other uh, bard in the, you know, the female one in the... in the
2: anyway. Games? I haven't played the game, so I don't know. Sure. Okay, let's include Siri and Yennefer, and now they're the a mid bluegrass band! No, they're a mid-90s sync rock band, <laughs> uh, with Yennefer uh, as the lead singer, <laughs> in her, like, black dress and whatnot. Bring
0: me to life! <laughs>
1: but she could cuz she's like a necro. she could use like, she could definitely necromancy do that. spells yeah. and yeah. All I'm right. Well, let's get into the news. What's going on? Well, you know that uh,
2: Fantastic Beasts franchise that was extremely popular has been extremely popular for a while. Right.
1: Uh, rave reviews. I'm just calling it Beasts and Where to Find Them now because it's not That's it not has, beca- has not been become it has not become very beasts fantastic. Beasts and
2: Where to Find Them.
1: But pretty good at the start Beasts and yeah. Where to Find Them, but it, they kind of fell apart
2: <laughs> exciting but ultimately disappointing beasts and where to find them <laughs> well unfortunately johnny depp has been forced to exit the fantastic beast fantastic beasts franchise sure i've got an article here from variety johnny depp will no longer portray the dark wizard Gellert grindelwald in the fantastic Beasts film franchise the actor announced on friday looks like he was and amicably but asked to step down
1: Yes, he put out a statement on Twitter or whatever saying, hey, this is what happened.
2: Yeah, I wish to let you know that I've been asked to resign by Warner Brothers for my role as Grindelwald on Fantastic Peace, and I have respected and agreed to that request. Yep. So if I read this correctly and if I remember correctly, there was a libel case that he had began in Europe, and he lost that case. Mm, Yeah and essentially what the the loss was they said uh, a newspaper called him a wife beater
1: oh yeah and against the sun i think
2: and he uh he filed suit for libel so the question is is that an appropriate thing to call him or is it a lie and the courts essentially said no it's an appropriate thing to call
1: you it's not a lie man and therefore therefore it comes down to be like oh well then no if- man this is like there's still the question of whose side do you want. The internet is still divided on right.
2: this. Right. I mean, it was a toxic relationship it, well, altogether.
1: I, I, am, I am not interested in getting into the details of that relationship. Right, I don't right. want to talk about that. What I'm saying is that this is like the most clear cut. Like, there's literally a legal case deciding that, <laughs> hey, let's cancel this guy. Absolutely. Like, whether or not you agree, like that's like a, a lot more than a lot of cancellations have had as ammo in the past. Let's move on. Uh, you know everybody's favorite... What's everybody's favorite uh, gaming-related company? Nintendo. Gaming-adjacent company. No, oh, no, Gaming no, no, no. Their oh, favorite. Oh, their favorite. Their favorite. one. The best one. EA. No, 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 no. The, the <laughs> really great one that everybody loves to shop at still. Oh, GameStop. Yeah, there everybody's favorite one that, that we haven't one. done in several retailing. episodes about how they're not great. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but oh, they no. an- uh, uh, announced a company-wide TikTok dance contest. Oh, no. The winners of which will receive bonus hours on Black Friday. Wait, what? The There is a tick... It, oh, no.
2: Bo- bo- this, the bonus hours. So, you, are you saying that they're going to open for a specific amount of time just for the winners to go shop?
1: No, no, no. No, or no, no. This is for employees. This is for employees to work extra hours. This Why? my friend is what she what? is what's called peak capitalism. What? This is literally the company allowing its its employees to dance for the right to work for more money. What? <laughs> luckily, oh luckily I looked it up again this morning just to review and it has been canceled. The backlash was swift and and fierce, and they said, ooh, yeah, that's a bad one, huh? We'll not do that, I guess. But this was a thing that they decided was something that they should do, was to do a TikTok dance competition, and the best crew at a store or whatever would be allowed to work more hours on Black Friday weekend. Hey, Fox. Yeah. What have you been up to, man? I've watched a lot
2: of movies. Yeah, well, you and I both have been watching a lot of I've stuff. I've watched a lot of movies. Yeah, Let's
1: let's get it right off the bat, and I don't know if you're planning on talking about it, but we watched McFarland USA. I was going to talk about it, yes. I watched it twice. You watched it twice. <laughs> this was for work. It was tangentially related to what we do. It was right. teaching, essentially, student management to a certain extent. We're bus drivers. Um, But this was... Here's my review. It was an inspirational sports movie.
2: It was exactly that and it was uh, a good one. there are bad ones there are this bad one is a th- good one.
1: this was yeah, if we're going binary, bad or good is good. Yeah, but it was a if we're going like one to ten, five, five being average, it was exactly a five. yeah it was just the most average like plug in plug in the the nouns into your mad lib of of okay the sport is track. The sport or you know the the here's the inspirational speech just plug in that there at the end here's the adversity they overcome let's plug that in right there and it just was nothing interesting
2: absolutely i will say that there was an emotional hit for me for you a lot
1: more than me yeah mostly
2: latino uh, culture in fact exclusively latino culture and there was like a quinceanera and there was a big tamale making party and things like that and Oh man, re- really hit my nostalgia yeah. And
1: that was really I, I, awesome Yeah, like I said, did a good job doing that But as far as like the writing of the movie goes Perfectly average I have watched several movies this this week I watched yesterday What did have you used- watch? Well, I did watch a couple movies yesterday <laughs> But I also watched the movie yesterday This
2: is the one where the dude wakes up And nobody's ever heard of the Beatles, right? He's,
1: he's riding home on his bike And gets hit by a bus And while he's knocked out all the power in the world goes out for twelve seconds, and then he wakes up, and all of a sudden the Beatles have never existed. Yeah, but, but he still remembers them. So the actual plot is he starts using their music to become a world famous like songwriter. Musician, yeah, uh, it was it was fun. It was it was fun to watch. I, it was a seven out of ten. Where it's like okay, cute, family friendly for the most part, like a family fun movie. Like there's not really much tr- like dramatic conflict. There's you know interpersonal. It's more of like a um, romantic kind of comedy hmm. with just this uh, idea of the Beatles not existing and him using it. There were like during the whole movie though, I was thinking the Beatles have incredible songs. But would uh, She Loves You, Yeah, 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 really hit as hard today as it did in the 60s? Zero percent. Absolutely
2: not. I remember seeing that trailer and thinking to myself, the Beatles kind of created a genre that didn't really exist before, and that's why they were so huge and so popular. Today, they've been copied 100 million times. And so if those copies still exist, but they never did, and you tried to come out and make that music... You would just- some
1: of their songs would still be lauded as incredible, like, yes. come together, still a great song, like lots of really great songs. I don't think that if the Beatles somehow didn't exist and started today, they would have the same level of like world famous legendary band.
2: no I d- so, definitely that- don't think so. I binged the entire series of Blood of Zeus. Oh, So it's a new anime from the makers of Castlevania that okay. is on Netflix, a Netflix yeah. original anime. And it's um, they, it starts out saying that there were thousands of Greek myths and stories, uh, and many of them were too bold and too crazy to be written down, so they were only transferred by word of mouth, and then over time they were lost forever. This is one of those stories. Which is
1: probably true.
2: Yeah, it probably is true. This is not one of those stories, <laughs> I guarantee you. Oh. I won't spoil why, okay. but I promise you this was not one of those stories. All right. Um, but what I will say, it was a good Greek tragedy. It was... Um, the art was beautiful. It was engaging. It was exciting. I enjoyed a lot of it. The the thing... I did struggle with one big thing, though, and that was the main character. Maybe it was me, but I just did not identify with this, thing, this person at all. Okay. He, Seemed aloof. Was he it a person seemed, from
1: Greek mythology, or just some no. rant, some other person? Yeah, just oh, created, created for this.
2: Yeah, gotcha. And he was a demigod, as the the as
1: the as they most. always are. Yeah, yeah. Zeus and, and something random in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, maybe a sentient creature. Maybe yeah. not. Fingers crossed. Maybe Ze- a human. Zeus maybe just, not. He, man. He,
2: yeah. That dude, Let's move on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he did his thing.
2: He did it. He the his problem was in a thing. lot of things. Anyway. uh... The main character was almost too archetypal, I think, is what mm, it was. Okay. He had his motivation, and he had his goal, and that was it for his character. I don't remember him ever laughing or smiling or joking or crying or doing anything other than his kind of one-dimensional motivation. Gotcha. And I, I don't even remember his name. There was, there was a antagonist and... The antagonist was a very well-rounded, really cool character, really good villain, uh, in the same way that you understand them entirely, okay. and in a way you can kind of understand why they're doing things, All but right. the main character to me, I just, he did not seem interesting to me, and it really, really was a detriment to the the show as, as a whole.
1: I watched V for Vendetta, is November 5th yesterday, right. went over a friend's house and watched V for Vendetta, every time I watch it, I'm struck by how pretty good it is. It's a fine movie. It's a little... You're going to
2: get in a fight with people if they listen to this and you don't say it's fantastic.
1: No, I I agree. It's not fantastic. I appreciate the movie. I think it lets the um, message overshadow the characters a little bit, where this is a movie about the the concept of, you know...
2: Yeah, the movie is about the message.
1: It is. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, is that I would like it if the characters were a little more well-rounded. Like, obviously, uh, Evie is great. Yes. She's great. I wish there was a little more for for V a little bit. I don't know. What I'm saying is that I think it's great. And also this might be coming from the fact that I have read the book several times, read the, the comic series right. it's based on it takes some liberties with the concept of what, it, what the, the comic series about mm-hmm. kind of changes the idea of anarchy into democracy a little bit, which I can very much understand Alan Moore's like resentment of it then yeah. because it's kind of fundamentally just changing the whole, Stees that it's going for i watched willow
2: it's okay on disney plus this is the, i have never seen willow but i never seen I, it
1: i know it as like a kind of a meme
2: it's uh the 80s sword and sorcery high fantasy right uh val kilmer right val kilmer and um and not kenny main um oh day baker
1: what you t- who am i thinking of
2: no uh warwick davis
1: warwick davis warwick right davis, right davis, kenny baker is from star wars
2: Right, right. So, uh, it is. I'm trying to think, pick up the right words here because honestly <laughs> and truly, it's a fine movie. It's good. I would overall, I would give it a seven, six and a half out of ten. Okay, but if you just let yourself have fun with it, it's a nine out of ten. If
1: You're you, not selling it to me.
2: Or if you don't like, get me too critical. The, the reality of the matter is, is nobody is a great actor in this movie. Ah, uh. nobody's a great actor in this movie. But the writing is good enough to make up for the bad acting. Okay. The writing is clever. The whole thing is camped. They don't take themselves seriously. All right. It's fun and adventurous. And if you just accept, okay, they're not great actors, man. And you know what? That just, I'm going to get over it and I'm going to deal with it. If you can just accept that, it elevates the movie hugely. And it is so much
1: fun. Last one though, which I really enjoyed, Dr. Sleep
2: oh the i'm se- wanting to the watch the sequel that. to the, the shining.
1: shining um was i'm gonna be honest here i might have enjoyed it more than the shining really i might have appreciated Stanley kubrick no this no? is the okay. one that came out last year Stanley kubrick died oh yeah decade, a while back decades that's ago, right like I'm early dumb. 90s <laughs> uh no uh it was a Steven- hey
2: you never know <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, is all, this is the new conspiracy, saying that Kubrick's actually dead, or er, alive, and he came back to make doctors sleep. Uh, no, okay, here's what I appreciate about it. It is a Stephen King written story, it's not just something created to- I'm going to
2: interrupt you for a question. You say you might like it better than The Shining, is that because this movie is that good, or because The Shining you don't think is as good as other people
1: no, think? No, I love The Shining, it's not- this. they're both scary in the same way, more like psychological yeah. thriller, not really like- scary compared to what you would call horror today right not jump scares or anything in it really it's more just kind of but i do appreciate thematically i think it accomplished more because this movie i don't want to get a lot into the plot but essentially what happens is that danny torrance the little boy from the first one the son grow is grown up and they treat what happened at the overlook hotel like a traumatic experience he had and he grows up drinking, trying to forget what happened. And the movie is about him overcoming a traumatic experience and breaking free from these things that drown out his feelings and his thoughts and not actually deal with them. Yeah. On the surface level, it's about a group of like psychic vampires <laughs> who find people with the shining and take it from them and feed off of it for, for immortality. Oh, interesting. it's so different than the shining. Oh, yeah, no. It's kidding. much more like fantasy ish. Yeah. But what it really is about thematically is Danny Torrance starting to use this traumatic experience and this thing that has plagued him his whole life, this shining that has been a detriment to him in a way that helps against this group who is feeding off of the the the, the trauma of others. Mm-hmm. And using it like the, it using people to like they are addicts trying to sustain their own addiction. So I watched
2: Inside Out again for the first time in a long time last night. Okay. And uh, it's an incredible film. I'm just going to say that we taught, we laud. Um, the incredibles a lot mm-hmm.
1: yeah and my favorite my favorite pixar
2: right I- i'm gonna say inside out is up there for me okay. it really is almost with that it's got a 94 meta score wow which is just a yeah, top top notch yeah so um go watch inside out again if you've never seen it absolutely watch it but go watch it again if you haven't seen it in a while but all that being said what i want to hit on last here is my wife and i did a uh, halloween movie marathon just cute family but Oh, not the Halloween movies.
1: movies. No, not the Halloween. There are movies. like 9 no. of them now. It's a long marathon. So we
2: watch Haunted Mansion, Sleepy Hollow and Frankenweenie. Interesting. So Sleepy Hollow to me, it's a uh, classic a tim a burton-esque type film i don't know if burton tim burton actually no he did so sleepy hollow is a tim burton film starring johnny depp and christina yes,
1: ricci that is definitely a tim, tim burton, burton film movie, yes
2: and it i love that movie so yeah. much it's one of those that i understand if other people don't like it a lot it's a i go, think it's a, a, a little bit of a cult movie yeah it is it's a good film it is it's an objectively good not a fantastic but a good it's fine film. yeah, yeah. But as somebody who just loves Burton and- That's right style, in your
1: wheelhouse. Oh my gosh, it's so good. A 90s but Tim Burton movie is you.
2: <laughs> it is, it really is. But I think what I love most about it is just how well Johnny Depp plays this well-meaning coward. Mm. He is a coward the entire movie, but he wants to be heroic, he wants to be good, and he's so funny in the role. It is does a great job okay. just playing that. So well done, Johnny Depp there. Haunted uh, Mansion was starring, or is starring Eddie Murphy. Yep, And it's not great. There you go, oh, guys. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's a...
1: not great. Dumb family movie. It's a movie
2: that, all in all honesty, could have been fine, but Eddie Murphy's antics just takes mm-hmm. it down. And I don't know if it was the directing An or An Eddie Murphy the, vehicle. Right. I, I don't know if they told him to be that goofy or weird or dumb, or if that's just how he played the character or what, but he, his character brought the movie down a little bit. So you're bit.
1: saying out of all the movies based on Disneyland rides... There's one good one and one bad one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess if you go that direction, yes. (laughs) Movies based on rides. There are rides that are based on very. There are lots of rides based
1: on movies, but movies based on rides.
2: So, anyway, the last one that I really want to talk about, though, is Frank and Weenie. And this is one that I saw once, probably when it came out, and I haven't watched it again since then. I forgot how good this movie is. It is delightful homage to that sci-fi black and white monster movie. Mm. There is reference to kaiju. There are reference to a creature from the black lagoon reference to obviously Frankenstein, but at the same time, there's the idea of loss and, you know, the the importance of family pets and love and things like that all throughout the movie. It is a great movie. It really is a surprisingly good film. And like most Burton, um, stop motion animation, it's a shorter film. One, I think it's like 80 minutes long, yeah. something like that. So one that you can take in, in a short chunk and just, just, uh, watch it and enjoy it. So it's the first in the, in the first in the dead dog <laughs> Burton trilogy, right? Right. It's Frank and weenie then <laughs> corpse, bride. corpse bride, then night before Christmas. Right. right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so All that's right.
2: it for me. Yep. Same here. All right, let's get down to the nitty gritty for sure. But first, if you're listening to this right now, that means that you're listening to an edited version of the Nerdy Gritty. That means that before this, we have cut it down to make it just a little bit more palatable. If you're cool with that, and you like listening to that short intro, and then the whole Nerdy Gritty after this, because we never edit the second part, then great. We appreciate your support. Hey, tell a friend about it. Go tell someone about the Nerdy Gritty. But if you want to hear more, we talk like four six four different news articles every time yep yep we go on for a while about the things we've been into and there's a lot that we talk about that gets edited out if you want to hear the full director's cut of the nerdy gritty you can head over to patreon.com slash dozen and there are second tier or higher you get access to the director's cut of the nerdy gritty now i understand if some people cannot donate at all Again, word of mouth is huge. Tell your friends. But if you can spare that $5 a month, we really appreciate your support. Or even for the dollar a month below that, you get all of our Patreon exclusive content. Like my uh, playthrough of Hades, once I finish it, it's going to go up in one big chunk on there. Or it'll be slowly coming out on YouTube. Fox has a bunch of exlu- exclusive content on there right now. All kinds of things like that. So go check out our Patreon one more time. That's patreon.com slash Thanks, guys. And let's really get down to the nerdy gritty.
1: So, our topic today needs a little bit of kind of background information here. Yeah. There's something called video games. That's Wait. too far back. Okay. Hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, hold on. You, you lost me. All right. So, there is a game called League of Legends. You probably know that if you at, are at all... If you know about the video, video game... game it's a very large game. Very big game. Yeah. Very popular. Uh in that game there are dozens if not hundreds of different characters you can play as and four of those characters they have turned into a uh a a k-pop band (laughs) called kda and this is in the vein of gorillas or the metal band uh death clock a or or uh, mitsune mitsune miku yes thank you uh a digital avatar or avatars with actual music performed by actual people right. behind them. Um, so this this band, KDA, has become very, very popular. I actually, in preparation for this, listened to some music, watched the videos. It's not my deal. I'm not a K-pop fan, but I could... like. If you told me that this was just another K-pop band and not actually related to whatever, the whole digital thing wouldn't even phase me. It's like, yeah. I, I understand K-pop, whatever. Uh, they've become very, very popular, pretty huge. All of it was essentially a way... Although they are getting into more musical aspects, Riot Games, who creates makes League of Legends, they have intentions of making more music, like as a side thing, basically. Interesting, I know that. A lot of KDA, KDA was essentially a way to market some new skins for, right, for the, right. some premium $10 skins. Purely aesthetic skins. Very successful. I'll yes. tell you that. People bought it. I was looking at YouTube comments and a lot of people are like, I love this band. I've almost bought all the skins. It's like, cool, that's how you want to spend your money. That's great. What we want to talk about today is actually kind of some controversy that has come up around a new League of Legends character that is now related to KDA in a way. This new character is called Seraphine.
2: By the way, I just looked it up. KDA stands for Kill Death death, Assist.
1: assist. Yeah. K slash DA is the band name. Yeah. Um, And... Uh, so, Seraphine is a new character, and they have really gone all in on creating her as a person for her marketing campaign. She has her own dedicated like uh, social media accounts on Twitter and, I think, Instagram as well. And she is being portrayed as a real person in the real world and also a big KDA stan, as the kids right. say. And she, they uploaded a of uh, her cover of KDA's pop, popular song "Pop Stars." And in the fiction here of this story that they're telling, KDA saw that and said, "Hey, do you want to come record with us?" So essentially, in all of this, like they just followed the YouTube, the YouTube star find success in it with a band right, kind of right. thing. I really interesting actually how they're kind of marketing. This this kind this character this all,
2: again to be clear this is all outside of the game this is all outside None of the of this game has anything to do with the game itself
1: in the game she is just another character that you can play as with skins and whatever I don't know what her style of play let's, let's is be really
2: clear about the League of Legends is what's called a moba a moba which means you pick a character and then it's like you you battle
1: it is a a, a, a massive online battle arena brawler Mo- brawler. brawler. I can't remember. That might have been completely wrong. But But, anyway, lots of characters. They all have their different play style. They all have their different moves. And she is another one of those. This is all purely the marketing for her. right? Uh, So in this process of creating this marketing campaign, there's been some controversy in the fact that she has actually started sharing some of her uh, uh, anxieties. And talks about how she suffers from imposter syndrome. And this is all, at the end of the day, a way to market uh, League of Legends, and more specifically, skins for League of Legends and this character.
2: Again, to be clear, if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's just kind of like an anxiety uh, struggle that people have where if they are finding some sort of acclaim or some sort of
1: popularity or success...
2: yes that they suddenly start believing that they don't deserve this. Right. And they're worrying and stressful about the time that everyone else will recognize this as well. Right, yeah. That they'll find out that they're not who who everybody thinks they are. They're an imposter. Right. And they don't deserve this notoriety or acclaim or success. Which is
1: a very real thing. Very it's real. It's a very real thing. Absolutely, this is not yes. something that they invented for the character. Uh, and so, in response to a lot of that, like, she, I'm looking at a tweet here. She, like, they created a, basically a, like, corkboard with a bunch of tweets from real people that included uh like encouragement for this again fictional character but from real life people and there has been some negative backlash regarding what some people consider to be using real life mental illness in a marketing strategy to sell video game skins and a character and whatever like that that's really been the thing there there's been some people uh let's see i'm trying to find some specifics here just to give some 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 context uh golden guardians academy which i believe is part of like a like a league of legends team or 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 mm-hmm. train or something like that tweeted something about a marketing account using self doubt and mental health to come across as relatable is Sag capitalism i don't know what that means but Clearly, a negative take on, like, right, yeah, this is a negative thing, this is bad. Somebody else uh, said, This is frankly blank disgusting, this is messed up, using mental health struggles and crises as a marketing ploy. Uh, any user who replied with encouragement was also met with another reply noting that Seraphine wasn't real. Like, there's been a really back and forth thing. Now, to be clear, we're gonna get in and talk about this. I'm taking up a lot right. of time here. There have been a lot of people who have said, good things about this mm-hmm. or just that well no it's just trying trying to connect with people you right. know so we don't need to get into that we're going to actually talk about that probably so let's get into just this what are your thoughts your surf you know just on the outside here your thoughts regarding how they've used mental illness as a marketing technique as some people would say
2: man i am torn on Me, this same really really torn on this because on one side, what I want to say is finding somebody that is famous or of note or whatever else that has the same struggles or you are, that as you do, really helps them seem more manageable to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, or even just if we go like seeing somebody who's a person of color and you're that like, who looks like you or thinks like you do. Sure but they're also famous. It helps you feel more included, helps you feel normalized. It helps you feel like what you have isn't this debilitating thing that you're entirely alone with. It means that, hey, somebody else is dealing with this. Maybe you can too. Yeah. And so even just creating a character that shows that can help people in a lot of ways. But on the other hand, my immediate thought is this isn't real. None of this is real. And if you're fabricating supports or if you're fabricating this, is it still a good thing? What what happens if they decide to nerf this character or even just take him out entirely? What if the balance is way too far off in the video game and they want to introduce more characters and this one's less popular, Mm. so they just decide to literally just delete this character Mm. from their list? What's that going to do to people who thought this human was or thought this this computer character was real. Maybe not literally thought it but felt it. Or the fact that they're taking a mental illness and exploiting it almost. Man, and I'm legitimately torn.
1: There's there's definitely I can definitely understand both of those those concepts of fictional characters have been used for a long time to that's kind of what art is is yeah. we experience we we look at the human experience through a fictional lens, you know? That's what like, I would literally, at the beginning of the, or early in the episode, talking about how this fictional character of Danny Torrance is being used to look at the mental illness of addiction and traumatic experiences. Yeah. You know, I think what the main problem here for a lot of people is the fact that this is not simply a storytelling technique or just, like, you know, this is, at the core, their purpose behind all of this is selling skins, so it's a marketing technique right? that all of this is they're not just trying to it's not marketing for a book about this character or a movie. It's marketing for you can play as this character and buy her skins, which are functionally useless and cost $10, you know, like, right they are it, it is. And so I go back and forth on that, too. It is there. I can understand both. I don't think either camp is completely like in the clear on it's fine or it's entirely bad
2: because at that point if it's exclusively to sell skins if you're going to say that this is exclusively to sell skins there are a million ways that you can sell skins. sure but this is a way that you can sell skins and maybe identify with some people or maybe create somebody that other people are going to feel more confident about themselves because this fictional character exists and things like that and so really you say that it's just to sell skins but there are a million ways to sell skins Mm -hmm. I think the goal is more than that Okay, I really do think that there's that that they have more in mind than just this, but again, my question is: is does that make it okay? Sure, because if, if I almost wonder if we're getting into token aspect here, like you know, token black character in an '80s movie or whatever, you're kind of exploiting that to reach a demographic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I wonder that, that that's part of this. Are you are you exploiting? mental health to reach a demographic of people online who struggle with mental health right
1: right yeah i again definitely understand that line (laughs) of reasoning like that makes sense to me i do want to shine a light here i'm reading from an article on polygon by julia lee um while kda's campaign was run by creative director patrick morales all of seraphine's tweets were written by bethany Higa, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Higa used her own experiences to craft Seraphine's story, making them relatable, but maybe a bit too relatable. This is from her. Honestly, I wrote a lot of that story based on my own experience as a young woman coming to Riot. It's like Riot Games, the creator of League of Legends. It's like one of my first jobs after college. I personally experienced self-doubt. I personally experienced imposter syndrome and all those things. Higa said, the intention behind the story was to show that sense of hope that sense of persistence and show her growing in confidence and overcoming those struggles and those fears that she might have that really sways me on a level of there is a lot of stuff there are a lot of if we're going to apply the fact that there is a capitalistic salesmanship part of this and that makes it not okay that has to be applied to a lot of things yeah can are like are you going to bring, if we're going to, Dr. Sleep, I guess is going to be my example, but there are more than likely Danny Torrance pop figures out there. Are we going to bring that same energy toward Dr. Sleep saying Dr. Sleep is uh, exploiting mental illness and addiction illness and all that to sell pop figures? Like, are we going to bring that same energy there? Do we have, do we now need to apply this to everything that has any kind of merchandise that also uses some kind of, mental or you know psychological distress in its in its plotting in its character creation
2: uh, i'm going to contradict myself here because i'm still literally arguing this in my head but i think there's a difference there in that danny torrent's pop figures are selling because of the movie the movie does not exist to sell the pop figures the movie is its own piece of art
1: maybe it does though
2: well, then they worked really hard. <laughs> I mean, to that's to a make lot of effort film. to sell some pop figures. Whereas in this, if this fails and they sell no skins because of this, hmm. they will never do it again. That's true. The goal is to sell. The goal this, is to sell. This exists to sell. The skins don't exist because she is popular. They want her to be popular to sell skins.
1: Right. League of Legends is a free-to-play game. Right. Right they make their money through in-game purchases and a lot of that are cosmetic and so yes they are they are at the end of the day a company trying to sell they are still telling stories through their characters i'm sure this isn't the only character who has had some kind of story element to their their personality or their i'm sure they all have backstory at some point i'm wondering like uh, i wonder how much of this how much of the controversy is coming in because she's being portrayed as a real-life person. Right. I don't know, again, out of the element a little bit, we don't play League of Legends. I watched a friend, a roommate play one time, and I was like, whoa, each match takes like an hour? I'm not going to invest nope. that time. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> uh, but um, I don't know if any of the other like League of Legends characters have ever been portrayed as real-life people. I think that's also an element of it because I there has to be another League of Legends character who has some sort of mental or psychological affliction or just some kind of like anxiety even like it'd be weird if this was the very first one there are literally hundreds like it's a a large cast of characters. The so, problem is that yeah. there's
2: so much gray area in this. Because mm. as you're you're talking here, you're talking about like there's gotta be, you know, like you said a large cast of characters, a lot of people with a lot of different mental illnesses or, or struggles or whatever else going on in their life. But how much are these people are these characters? drawing people in on an emotional level, Mm. on a personal level. yeah, You know, a lot of people were heartbroken when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Sure. As uh, somebody of notes and somebody that they loved who did a lot of work, particularly for women in in the United States, etc. They were heartbroken. If somebody begins to identify with Ruth Bader Ginsburg because of her deeds, but they never actually know her, then their heart breaks when she passes. You can have this exact same thing for... A computer character yeah because you you'll never actually meet them you're just looking at their deeds that they have done reading their tweets a story about yeah the story about them and then you begin to identify with this person and all of a sudden i feel like it's emotional manipulation Hmm. but where and and i it's it's such a logical fallacy to say where do you draw the line but i'm going to say it anyway right where do you draw the line on that at what point are you manipulating people emotionally or just identifying with them
1: what i think i what i also like I'm going to say that I 90% lean toward this is fine. And in fact, maybe a good thing. Mm. That's where I'm leaning right now because there is no paywall to knowing this story about her. You don't have to buy the skin to unlock access to her backstory about somebody could not even play league of legends and, like and follow her on Twitter and learn about her anxieties. And it might as well be anybody on Twitter. Like nobody's like, there might also be an ad on you know whatever on the on her posts or something that say buy this premium skin for nine ninety nine or whatever. But th- I think that's where it comes in. It's like buy- enjoying her story and buying a skin are separate transactions, are separate experiences. You are not obligated. You might be more. You might identify her with her more. But I, I, I'm going to go back. I know we we have made a distinction here between like a pop figure and whatever. But I want I bought a you know, uh, I bought Geralt or a Witcher a set of Witcher pins, enamel pins. You did it she because I love the Witcher, and I love the Witcher largely because I really love the characters there, and really enjoy how they portray you know human relationships and just like. All of that. Am I, I? I'm not. I did not have to buy these pins. I, I, I'm not angry at the Witcher for using that emotional tactic. If you could, you could call it an emotional tactic, just like you can call that here. Cause there's still merchandise that's being sold. Right. And you can play a Seraphine without buying these skins either. As far as I know.
2: I worry though about, and, and maybe I'm just, overreacting here that's a very i'm totally willing to admit the possibility but the damage that could be done you understand the witcher is not real you know very very well that that he is fake and his adventures are pretend but you really like the story that was told
1: i know they're real in my heart but
2: (laughs) putting seraphine on twitter and having her respond to tweets and have conversations with people and if somebody says wow i really struggle with that too mm. and having them say uh you know i i man that's rough i i'm glad somebody is there with me or having this conversation all the while this person isn't real sure. and what if uh so and so whoever's behind this gets fired or quits or becomes the marketing director somewhere else or whatever else And they bring someone else in and this person's personality is different. Hmm. And they just converse a little differently. Or what if they have to hire a team and these two people don't do a very good job of balancing their attitudes. And now all of a sudden, Seraphine seems like she's got bipolar disorder because she's jumping back and forth or whatever is going on. Like, how do we evolve this character that people are now identifying with? And at what point do we say we are kind of manipulating people?
1: I can understand that, and there's, uh, on Twitter, on her Twitter, I'm looking at it now, the actual character Seraphine is never portrayed by a human person. There's always drawings of her. Um, now, there are, weirdly, she has a cat in the fiction. There's pictures of a real-life cat here. It's a weird line to draw, or, right. or, like, straddling the the line, as well as the fact that what you're saying is kind of not just hypothetical there are people who legitimately will talk to her as if she is a real person on twitter responding to her not saying like oh yeah man imposter syndrome i experienced that as a concept also marketing team they legitimately say hey seraphine thanks for sharing this this really helped me through you know like legitimately as if she was a real person and i i feel as though we're kind of veering toward the video games equal real life fallacy. Right. But it is a true fact that there are people who interact with her on Twitter as if she were a real person. They're either... it. I can't really say why. It could just be role play, which is a thing.
2: Uh, well, what I will see is... There is a separation when you play a video game. There is a suspension of disbelief in which you recognize what you are playing is not real. Sure. Which is why violence and things like that do not translate into real life when you're playing video games. Right. On the other hand, social media is an incredibly That's true. It is a different experience. Beast, 100% different. And to say that your interactions in there are not something that you're going to carry with you in real life is categorically false absolutely your social media interactions impact people she is
1: responding yeah you're not getting a response from Geralt when you <laughs> when you connect with him in The Witcher 3 you're connecting with the story that's being told you don't get to sit
2: down with Geralt and be like hey man I see that you're struggling with relationship issues with Yennefer I also struggle with my relationship I issues. do in my heart <laughs> Hey, can we talk about that for a while? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and to have Girl be like, yeah, man, that's tough. Let's chat. Where this is a real thing where you can connect and identify with somebody. Hmm. What happens when... And again, okay, let me finish my thoughts and then we'll get something else. But what happens when somebody says to Seraphine, I'm not thinking of committing suicide. Hmm. Does Seraphine respond? Or do they say, hey... I, marketing person, honestly think you should get some help, man, just so you know. Let me step out of character. Or how how do they respond in that situation? How do you balance that? Now, here's what I'll absolutely say. I am talking a lot of what-ifs.
1: We are a little bit on the slippery slope of what happens when X terrible thing could happen.
2: Right. Thus far, I think a lot of good could be done. If you're going to tell me, hey, there's a Twitter uh, account that is run by six uh, psychological professionals, you know, therapists, professionals, but they all pretend to be one person and when you chat with them, this person will just chat with you on Twitter, but also give you really, really good advice and mm. really help you talk through things. I don't care if that person pretend. That sounds awesome. I'm really happy something like that would be happening. So it sounds like this is similar where this is somebody who is a pretend fake person, but there are people that are being helped by this, and that is a good thing. I think that we're in the the arena of the unknown right now, and there is a lot of potential for very serious issues. And that's my concern. So what I will say is, as of right now, I think things seem okay. But uh, there are so many concerns that I have about this. Sure.
1: I, I do think... We are, we are, I think we're getting into a little bit of the what ifs, what about this, what yeah. could happen. Because as, of right, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure it would, be re, it would be in this article or there'd be an article if something really did happen. I th- do feel as though the idea of this is a negative thing is a pretty small response. That most people understand that storytelling in marketing is not new. It's actually right. a very effective way for marketing to take place when you can connect with a story. It's what, like, watch any number of commercials. There's always a story being told. It's when- never just text information.
2: Even when we were kids, there were hotlines you could call and you'd get Mario's voice or Sonic's voice. Right, and right, right. like you were talking to this person on the other end. It'd be a pre-recorded message, of you know, course. You know what I'm but- just
1: thinking of might be a good analog here is the Transformers cartoon. That cartoon existed to sell the toys. Right. It wasn't made... Out of, like, cool, let's make this cool robot show. There were toys that need to be sold, and they made a show out of it. People loved the show. The original movie was very its beloved. It is. It's and it so doesn't good. mean you can't connect to them, but also recognize there is manipulation yeah, going there,
2: there on. Were there were toys before there was a cartoon. They made the toys, and they said, yeah. we want to sell these toys. Let's make this cartoon. Right. That, ha- that happened a lot at the time. That's but, a lot.
1: That's a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of 80s cartoon. J.I. Joe.
2: So so you're absolutely right. Where, this is
1: not a new phenomenon.
2: Yeah, this has been going on forever.
1: It's just in a much more personal manner. The See. medium is a much more personal, which could result in a much more personal backlash. Yes. And why, that's why I don't want to say the people who are, that have a negative uh, attitude toward this, I understand. Like, that, I am not here to say you are wrong. I do think, though, that it is just the next iteration of a marketing technique that has been used forever. Yeah, a story, story is being told to sell a product. Is it is it kind of creepy and kind of manipulative? Yes, absolutely. I'm not saying it's not. But it is just the new version of something that has existed forever.
2: I will say this. I think a wise thing to do would be once a month have a five to ten minute video that is check in with the marketing team behind Seraphine.
1: Sure, something and to break say, that.
2: Yep, something to, to absolutely say... This is a pretend person. Let's all remember that. Mm-hmm. Here's what we've been doing this week. Here's kind of what happened. Here's some of our background takes. Right. Here's how we decided how to respond to this. Here's how we decided how to respond or, to or that. Or
1: mental health, things like that. Yeah. Like, absolutely. hey, we noticed a lot of you are connecting with Seraphine on this. We wanted to let you know that if this is really something that we do recommend, seeing a licensed professional therapist, you know, that yeah. kind of thing.
2: And to absolutely, once a month, break that, that uh, suspension of disbelief. Yes, I guess.
1: intentionally.
2: Yeah, intentionally. Do remember, this is a fictional person i think
1: that could help circumvent a lot of issues It is only going to help your marketing too yeah it
0: absolutely. is
1: you're going to get a lot of free press from that and people are going to want, like it like they're going to enjoy it
2: and if you're going to humanize someone don't humanize your fictional i mean you can't hit humanize your well, fictional yeah. character but also humanize your actual employees that are working their tail end right right, right right they're working so, to do this yeah have somebody behind them say hey seraphine kind of went on this journey this past month that's my journey yeah and i'm going to talk to you about it for a little while see and that sounds excellent through, yeah yeah, I, and I think uh, that's part of why Hellblade was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Melina Jurgens had a lot of her own personal struggles with that she put into the character yeah. of Senua, and so I think it could only benefit from something like 100%. that. One hundred percent. Yeah. So, all right. Well, guys, let us know what you think about Ser- Seraphine or Seraphine. Seraphine. Yeah, Seraphine. Okay. Let us know what you think about Seraphine and her marketing strategy. Let us know what you think about the idea of these fictional characters. Coming to life in this way with their own social media accounts, with their own uh, anxiety struggles or mental illness struggles or whatever else. Let us know what you think about the whole thing. Thank you so much for your support, for listening. We want to say a really big thank you to Granger for the use of our theme song, All My Friends Have Wi-Fi. Some of my neighbors do too, off of the album Dear Sam. Go check out their stuff. It's really good.
1: Uh, Also, check out our YouTube channel. Or else. Yeah, or we'll find you. (laughs) And then gently guide you to our youtube channel.
2: yeah and then just let you know hey it's youtube.com slash doesn't fox play
1: right yeah we've got a lot of content on there right now uh man the next assassin's creed is coming soon Ooh. i'm excited but my playthrough of assassin's creed origins ends fairly soon assassin's creed odyssey starts after that uh then we've got uh our playthrough of spirit fair will end a couple days after this comes out and very soon yeah it was a great 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 game one of our favorite of the year so far uh uh we've got
2: what remains of what remains of
1: edith finch we're about to start playing that a little bit too and i'm excited because it's really interesting game not new but new to us and so we got a lot up there go check out our youtube channel uh if if you're not if you are haven't already
2: Thanks again, guys, for listening. And always remember that save games, save lives.
1: See you next
0: week. Thank you for joining us for this LTN special, where we take a special spotlight on a podcast from our friends within the Love Thy Nerd community. Today, you heard the Nerdy Gritty from Des and Fox. You can go follow them on all their socials, go subscribe to their podcast at all the places. Guys, they're just a fantastic couple of dudes, and we are honored that we were allowed to air one of their shows this December, as most of our creators are taking the month off to rejuvenate for the new year. You may hear more of the Nerdy Gritty in the future, but uh, until then, remember, because it's always true. Jesus loves you, nerd.